Flynn. Happy Friday. This is your first ever listening on the Woman Podcast. My name is Samani Lynn, and I'm the founder and CEO of Woman of Lynn, which is a national women's empowerment organization that is dedicated to uplifting, empowering, and inspiring all women to be boss to support and networking. We partake in a variation of different initiatives like weekly group community service. We have an international motivational podcast that you're listening to right now. We have a one-on-one mentorship program for female entrepreneurs called the Boss Academy and so, so, so much more. If this is your first ever listening to our podcast, then you ladies know we have nothing but the best of the best W Bosses with each and every episode. And this W Boss is a South Florida realtor and financial literacy educator. She is passionate about helping millennials grow their money by increasing their income and investing. And she is also the founder and CEO of The Financial Quench. So please welcome the amazing Galita G, everyone. Thank you for having me. So happy that you are here. Ladies, before we started recording, I was just telling Galita that, of course, we partnered with her, I believe, a year and a half, two years ago. We actually had her on a WBOSS Masterclass, and she was hosting a segment, I believe, on financial literacy, correct? How to budget things. Yes, and the girls loved her. So we had to have her on this topic. You guys kind of already got a chance to see the topic of this episode, which is not a boss without a bag. Now, we are going to break down why this episode is entitled that in a second. But before we hop into the topic of this week, go ahead and give us a little bit more about yourself, Galita. Where are you from? Tell us all about you before we hop into the topic this week. Okay. Okay. So, I'm one of those who wear so many hats. So, originally, I'm from from the Caribbean. I'm I'm Haitian. Um, I migrated here when I was about 11. And I've always loved math um, in school. That's always been one of the my favorite topics. And in, in high school, I participated in a lot of business competitions. And in col- when I finally went to college, I went to actually I went to college right after um, high school, but I dropped out for two years. And I decided to go back to school again and pursue a degree in accounting. And after my accounting degree, I wanted to become a CPA, which is a certified public accountant, which is one of the highest levels in accounting. I wanted to become a CPA and I went to go get my master's. I got my master's in business and real estate finance as well. And then I just didn't love accounting as much as I thought I did. And I fell in love with the real estate finance more. And I've always loved real estate. I've always talked about how I wanted to become a realtor. I've always talked about how I want to help people build wealth through uh, purchasing homes. I bought my first home when I was 22. And that has helped me um, financially a lot because of the equity that has grown. I was able to cash out really well. And I've always fell in love with rehabbing homes. I did a flip back in 2019. So I've always fell in love with the whole real estate aspect. So I've decided to venture off into real estate now. Awesome. Yes. Thank you for that amazing background. It's so crazy how so many female entrepreneurs are starting to get into real estate. Um, It's a really important part, I believe, in regards to wealth. A list actually came out with Forbes saying that majority or all of the billionaires that were listed within America have some form of real estate in their background. And I think it's really important as 
as, of course, within the day and age, which we're going to hop into in a little bit, but with, of course, the rumor of a recession coming and inflation, as you guys know, is absolutely crazy. It's really important to expand your source of income as a boss. And sometimes that means venturing out into other things as well. So with that being said, Galita, what inspired you to start your very own financial literacy brand and credit building business um, before you hopped into real estate? So, because I was I was doing a lot of things at a young age, I was buying a home. I, I bought a car. I think about I think I was about nineteen. And when I bought my first car, I had like a three percent interest rate because I was so good with my credit. My credit score was really high. Um, I got my own life insurance policy at eighteen. So I was really into finance. I've always want to learn more about investing, and I've always talked about it to all of my friends. People that know me, they always know that I'm always talking about finance. They always ask me for advice. They always call me, hey, I'm going to go buy a car. Can you help me? What do you think I should do? What's the best interest rate? What bank do you think I should finance with? They used to always ask me, and everyone particularly had similar questions. Well, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to buy their first car. They didn't know how to buy the first house. They didn't know how to purchase different loan programs. They didn't know how investing works. Where, where should I go to open up my first brokerage account? How much money should I save? They didn't know questions to some of the questions that you know, not, I don't want to say basic questions because, you know, I don't want to insult anyone. Mm-hmm. But some of the questions that we should learn, we should know in school, like how taxes work, at least on the mediocre level. A lot of people didn't know those answers because they weren't taught. And a lot of times if they weren't taught and, and, and if you're not interested in finance, because finance can be a little bit intimidating and people sometimes don't want to talk about finances. So a lot of people don't really search or do their own research. So a lot of people were coming to me to handle those those things for them. That's how I saw that there was a need to speak on financial literacy, to speak on credit. I've seen people that, you know, they'll buy a car. The first thing I asked them was, what's your interest rate? Because I want to know, did they rip you off? Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh my God, did you, you didn't even ask me what kind of car I got. <laughs> and my first thing is, I just want to make sure you didn't get ripped off. We still have time to go back and return and see who we can you can refinance with. So that's always my thing. I'm always passionate about making sure that you're not getting ripped off, making sure that you are getting, you know, you're fine. You're making the best decisions when it comes to your finances. So that's how it came about where, you know, the financial print became an educational platform to teach millennials, which is my age group Mm -hmm. about the importance of growing their money and learning basic financial information. I absolutely love the fact that, you know, a lot of us as female entrepreneurs, especially black female entrepreneurs, we kind of caught on early that a lot of people don't really know about financial literacy and how important it is, which is why a lot of us have taken it upon ourselves to educate our community, which I think is so important. Giving back and, you know, pouring into your community when you know that is a field that they are underserved in. Uh, We do a great service to our community when we do decide to teach in certain areas that we know we have knowledge on and education on that we just know that isn't present. So first and foremost, I would like to thank you for giving your knowledge out, even if it's to your friends or your platform. Having bosses that are in a certain field that you know is underserved and they're providing knowledgeable material that you can take with you, you know, X, Y, and Z, that's really important. So with that being said, Galita, what was your turning point when you knew, okay, I have to start this? Like, of course, you stated that your friends, you know, would always ask you 
uh, or you would always ask your friends like financial questions like, oh, what was your APR rate? Or, you know, how much you pay for the X, Y, and Z? What's your interest rate? What was your turning point when you knew, okay, I have to create a brand out of the financial quench. I have to start putting out this, this knowledge that I have that I know is, you know, for an underserved community. When was your turning point when you knew, okay, I got to turn this to an LLC. I want to turn this to a blog. Let me go ahead and get my website together. When was your turning point when you knew, okay, I have to start this ASAP? I would say when I was in college, when I was getting my master's degree, um, I was surrounded with a lot of millennials or Gen Zs. And a lot of the conversations that we were having, I noticed that there was a big gap. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was focusing on passing, getting their good grades, getting their degree, graduation. But a lot of people, they were forgetting that once all of that is over, there is a real world going on. Yes. Some of us may stay on campus, we may stay with roommates, we may stay with our parents, but what happens after you walk the stage and you have to face re- reality? So I realized that there was a big gap amongst what my what I knew and what my peers knew. That's when I was, I was having conversation with other people who were also in the educational space or coaching space. They were in, in, in those areas and I would have conversation with them casually and they would encourage me, hey, if you're really passionate about this, I think you should go for it. And a lot of people who are in your community or around you, they need that information. And sometimes they may not say they need it or they may not know that they need it, but they need it because they're coming to you. So it may feel like it's just a friendly conversation, but if you really look at the root of it all, they really don't know and they wish that somebody somewhere is teaching them and you can be that person that can teach them. Of course, no one knows everything, but the the, the, the thing that I know is far more greater than what they know. And that alone is already a stepping stool. Like, okay, I have to get this going. Even if it helps five people, a hundred thousands, you know, which, you know, I have impacted so many people, help people buy their homes, cars. You know, I have helped so many people increase their, start investing. You know, that's a life-changing decision for a lot of families. Mm-hmm. Their husband and wife, I've put them in positions to be able to, I've helped them to be in a position to be able to purchase a home or start investing. That is, that is something that I can never, you cannot put a price on. You cannot put a price on that. Perfect segue into the official introduction of our topic, not a boss without a bag. Okay, you guys were probably reading the topic of this episode like, girl, I ain't got a bag yet. Does that mean I'm not a boss? No, girl, that doesn't mean that. But you're not a boss unless you have your bag together in regards to financial literacy, okay? This may mean multiple sources of income. This may mean having your business and personal credit together. This may mean making sure that you are financially stable with your business. It's a lot of things that that female entrepreneurs don't know going into having a business, going into having an LLC, incorporation, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of different things financially that you need to have straight on the back end to make sure that you okay. So with that being said, how important is it to be a millennial slash Gen Z businesswoman with multiple sources of income during this time in regards to, of course, inflation, we're in the verge of a recession, et cetera, et cetera. How important is it to have multiple sources of income during this time, Galita? Extremely, I don't think, I, I, I don't even know like how to respond to this. I, because I feel like there's only one answer to that. Yeah. You need multiple streams. Um, and that, that doesn't have to be, 
you know, multiple streams with doing multiple, multiple things. Some of us are, you know, blessed enough to have multiple skills, but you don't necessarily have to profit on all of those skills. You don't have to profit on everything that you're good at. You don't have to do that. But you can have multiple uh, streams from one app, you know, from one skill. It doesn't have to be five different things that you're doing to have five different streams of income. So if you do have a current, if you currently have a job now and you have your business, you know, you work your nine to five and your six to 10 is your business, you can, there are multiple ways where you can turn your six to 10 into multiple streams and you still have your nine to five. And if you are someone who wants to eventually turn your six to 10 into a full, you know, into your full-time job, your full-time career and remove your nine to five and you be a self, you know, an entrepreneur or a self-employed business owner, then you can do so. But multiple streams of income is a necessity. The prices of everything is going up every time we blink. Mm -hmm. It's crazy what is going on right now. The real estate market is crazy. Homes are, rentals are expensive. I'm in the, I'm a, I'm a realtor. I have seen, I have a client, there's a rental that just came on the market. In two days, there's already eight people. And I said, how can my client beat all these eight people? He said, are you going to be paying more mm -hmm. on a rental? Wow. You know, this is not even just a home. This is just a rental. And people are putting more per month and signing one-year leases and paying, I'll pay $50 more, I'll pay $100 more just so they can secure a home. So if, if you have to think about that, how much everything is going up, gas is going up, food, groceries are going up, there's shortages of everything. Um, the cost of leisure to have fun, you can't even have fun. Mm. You know, everything is going up. So you it's very important to have multiple streams. People are losing their jobs. A lot of jobs are going remote. A lot of the jobs that require people to do them, they companies have found ways to remove humans and replace them with robots or virtual assistants somewhere else that's more that's cheaper than to hire someone here. So there, a lot of people are getting laid off. So it is important that if you do lose your nine to five income, or um, if you do lose one stream of income, that you have something else to replace it with while you work on replacing that other income that you just lost. Mm. I think before, during the pandemic, a lot of bosses either started new businesses or found different ways to multiply their sources of income throughout the pandemic. Like, for instance, myself personally, you guys know I'm very transparent on this podcast. Back in, like, 2018, 2019, I had, like, what, two or three sources of income. Cool. You know, they're all generating income when the pandemic came. And now with this inflation, your girl has about seven or eight. And that's only right. to be comfortable. You know what I'm saying? And that's sad because not a lot of people have that luxury, you know, to have multiple sources of income, being able to find multiple lanes to profit within one respective business or two respective business X, Y, and Z. So with that being said, as a boss, how can you multiply your source of income? Because some bosses listening might not know where to start. You ladies know that we had a podcast episode, I believe last season, where I talked about how Amazon has so many different LLCs underneath its one name, um, generating multiple sources of income underneath Amazon alone. You know, like it's Amazon Fresh and, you know, 
know, it's Amazon Fire TV and X, Y, and Z. So sometimes you don't have to start new businesses in order to have multiple sources of income. Sometimes you can have, for example, Women of Flame, we have a podcast, we have masterclasses, we have female entrepreneurship program, we have coaching calls, X, Y, and Z. You can have multiple sources of things within one business. But in a short synopsis, Galita, how can the bosses listening multiply their source of income, whether it's starting a new business or creating new lanes of income within one respective company? Oh, yeah, um, definitely. So it all depends on what you do. And if you're really good at what you do, you can always teach someone. Um, you can have a, if you, let's say, for example, you're in the hair industry and you know how to do nice braids, uh, what do you call it, knotless braids, and you do it really well. Um, another stream that you can do, because that type of business really requires yourself to be present to make money. So what you can do is you can, if you're really good in your area and you post online on TikTok, what you can do is you can have a course where, not a kind of like a course, but not online, where people would come to your uh, studio or your salon and you can have... 15 girls come they pay you a fee i don't know what the average rate is for you know for something like that you can probably look it up on the market and see what the what the average cost is and you can have 15 girls come and you do once a week or once a month whatever's convenient for you based on your clientele and how busy you are and you can have 15 women come that wants to learn your skill set and you can teach them how to do it the way that you do it and Another thing you can do is the products that you use to do hair. Like, it could be something so little. It could be the combs that you use to Mm -hmm. do hair. It could be the shampoo that you use. It could be the oil that you use to do people's hair. And you can have that. You can have your own brand of combs. And that's very easy that you can have a private label of your company and you can sell your combs to people. Hey, I use this comb to, to perfect my part, the part when I do your hair, when I do your knotless braids. And a lot of people, a lot of your clients, they will buy that specific comb because you're selling it and you do a perfect part. That's two streams already added aside from you just doing hair. Um, so and the list can go on. So if you're in coaching, you can do... You can do ebooks. You can mm-hmm. do master classes. You can do workshops. Um, you can also teach other people how to make money in the industry that the same way you're doing. That's another stream of income that you can do. Um, let me. I'm thinking of other businesses on the top of my head <laughs> that um, you know that people may do, and they want to have multiple streams and they don't know so these are the the only two that came to my head right now um that you can do and that will be able to where you can multiply and also too speaking of going back to the salon if you have a salon where you have where you own like a big space where you rent a big space you can rent chairs to other uh to other people where they pay you a weekly fee um, and then you're like the master of who holds uh, who holds the rent and then they pay you a weekly fee to have a chair in your salon that's another stream as well mm. love that and Galita can go all day with that as well it's so many different lanes of income that are in one respective company it's not even funny especially when you get to a place of mastery within your respective company you can start teaching people and that's an entirely different source of income within one company 
So with the growth of inflation during this time, how can bosses be more financially savvy with their business funds and how can they prepare for what may become in Galita? Deep sigh. It's that that inflation is it's just like every time I hear that word, it's just like it's just like a stab. Yeah. Because we're all going through the same problem. It doesn't matter what your income level is, whether it's high, low, medium, we're all going through the same thing. If you make a million dollars, if you make a hundred thousand, it's still everything is just going up. So your your uh, your buying power still decreases on mm-hmm. all income level. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's just very hard on everyone. Um, I would say in this situation, I feel like every boss should have an accounting system, whether you use QuickBooks or you use Wave Accounting, which is free. Um, I prefer QuickBooks. You should have an accounting system to tell you exactly where your money is going. And you should be reviewing that on a weekly basis, depending on how your business is, or on a monthly basis, just to see where your numbers are. Whatever is not helping producing any numbers, cut that out immediately. Um, And also, you need to find ways to whatever's working, you need to find ways to keep increasing whatever's working. Mm -hmm. So I'm not saying completely neglect whatever is not working, but focus more of your time to whatever it is that is working and that's bringing the best return on investment. That is what I would say. What has been the most challenging thing you face thus far with building your brand and company on the financial side that you feel like the bosses listening can learn from? I would say for me, because I'm always someone, I don't know if that would be a challenging thing in some people's eyes, but I would say what's been challenging for me is when I was starting my, when I started my business, I invested in too many things Mm. and not actually doing some of the work. I did do some of the work, but I felt like I was missing out on whatever, like a course or a workshop. So I would buy everything, but realistically, you know, can, the consumption time, I, I did not think that far. So a lot of things that I didn't even get a chance to watch, uh, think, you know, I didn't get a chance to apply. And I've spent a lot of money investing in my business, but I didn't do it strategically. I just did it because I thought, okay, this is going to help my business. I need it now. But what I didn't factor in was, are you going to allocate time for that? When are you going to be using that? I didn't have a proper system to make sure that I was implementing whatever I was trying to invest in. And it's really important, ladies, as you all are listening, when you're setting aside money to invest in certain things for your company, you have to come back on that investment. You can't just be out here wasting money on courses and not learning the things you've applied or signing up for these mentorship programs and not doing the work or taking these masterclasses and not applying what you learn. All that is going to catch up to you because when it's time to file them taxes and you're looking at all the things that you spent, this you just like, not me paying for a seven-day conference for my business and I didn't use anything that I learned throughout this conference or not I took a business trip and used it for fun and not for business x y and z so it's really important guys as you all are growing as bosses put your money where it'll make more money especially as we're coming up on the verge of inflation well we're already in inflation but we're coming up on the verge of a recession you guys have probably uh-huh. heard it rumored it's not rumored it's honestly coming so you have to prepare for what's uh-huh. coming and start being more smart with your money again you're not a boss without that bag straight okay 
okay? So this episode is to help you guys get it together for what may be coming down the pipeline and even help you now to try to tackle inflation as best you can. So now during this time throughout the entire pandemic, Galia, how has your connection to financial literacy grown, you would say? I would say that um, during that time, it allowed me to learn how to, because I had already had a foundation of how to manage my money, it helped me learn how to leverage my money, uh, take advantage of whatever stocks that were, quote unquote, what people say, on sale, Mm -hmm. be able to do that, and investments that I bought that... uh, were doing not doing so well and I knew that they were going to be go, doing well at some point I was able to capitalize on that and also get a return on my investment so when I did sell those I was able to capitalize on that to help me um, so that's within the pandemic that's what has helped me when it comes to financially and it just that knowledge if you don't know whatever you don't know is hurting you more you know, if you don't apply what you know when it comes to your finances, uh, I read somewhere that says, "What, what which is true, it's not even me reading somewhere, but <laughs> it, finances can solve a lot of problems. And if you don't take the time to learn how to apply your money, how to grow your money, how to manage, how to leverage your money, you're always going to be chasing after the money. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you really have to sit back, learn how to apply your finances, at least on the basic level, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be a financial literacy guru, um, but you know you need you need to know the basics. And you can hire someone who knows who's a guru. But you you have to know the basics in order to elevate to the level where you can hire someone to do it for you. I think that's perfectly explained. Um, especially throughout the entire course of the pandemic. For me personally, my financial literacy skills have grown so much. Like. I spend on absolutely nothing now unless it's helping me make more money and it's not even funny. I feel like the pandemic traumatized so many of us, you know, a lot for a lot of us, our lives were flipped upside down within a matter of what weeks um, with everything being shut down and so many people lost their corporate jobs and, you know, what was once stability was once the unknown. And I feel like for a lot of us, you know, we learned a lot throughout that period. And now that we're kind of going through something else in regards to finances with inflation and things of that nature, I feel like it's really important to kind of buckle down on what you already know in regards to financial literacy, but start applying those things that you learned throughout the pandemic. Like a lot of people were saving a lot of money throughout the entire pandemic um, and then blowing it, you know, when stuff opened back up. But now we see things kind of like decreasing in regards to people still losing their jobs and things of that nature because a lot of these companies have found replacements for actual humans, which you spoke on um, in the beginning you know using robots virtual assistants x y and z it's really important for us to buckle down on our financial literacy knowledge and put our money where our mouth is especially right now so in a business where so many people are operating without certifications and certified backgrounds what is your advice for female entrepreneurs who need a financial advisor and who should they turn to galita Okay. There are a lot of people who are operating without certifications and certified backgrounds because the finance space is so, well, I would say not even the finance space. The internet space is so open Mm -hmm. where I can talk about law and not even be a lawyer. And people will will give me their hard-earned money to represent them in something that I don't have any certifications on. 
granted, um, granted, a lot of people have good experience. A lot of people have personal knowledge. Um, a lot of people are not certified financial, edu- you know, investors or anything like that. But they do have really good knowledge on what they're talking about. If you are starting out, if you want to speak with a financial advisor, I would recommend to someone to start with a certified uh, financial planner at first so they can evaluate your entire account, um, your savings, your, your, your investments, your home, your student loans. They'll analyze everything that you have because a financial advisor, some a lot of them, they want you to ha- to be starting to invest with a certain amount because that's how they get paid. So they require a minimum t- for you to come, you know, to come and invest with them so they can start making their money. They're not going to you can't just say, "Hey, I have $500. I want to speak with a financial advisor." No. They may say, "Hey, I start my retainer, you have to ha- you you have to start investing with 25,000." That may be what they're asking for. So for someone who's starting out, my main thing is try to speak with a certified financial planner, get your financial uh, budget, you know, in, in the forefront, see exactly what you need to work on, what you need to improve on, and also get educated on the and have the basic level on your own. Mm-hmm. And when you can speak to financial advisors, and ask them, hey, what is what is your portfolio like? What do you what do you know? Who do you normally work with? What's the minimum that you of you know of a uh, what's the minimum do I need to start working with you? You can start there. Then at least you would know this is what I need to start working with that individual instead of not doing it at all. I feel like a lot of people we may think, oh, financial advisors. That's what people with money. And sometimes you never know until you ask. They may have a lower end program. Um, they may have something else that you can start with, that you can start doing with their company for people. Because a lot of companies know that not everyone is on a, is on a higher tax bracket. They may have something for people who are in a lower loop. And you never know until you ask. So, but every company is different. Every financial advisor is different. You would have to ask maybe a three no more than five and ask them what their requirements are and if you're not there yet the the financial planner will let you know where you at so you can at least get there and the financial planner can also help you with your investments as well in those beginning stages how can the bosses listening secure and stabilize their finances and business and what do you think are the key factors in this for example when we had galita for our master class um, that we had a couple years ago when which we worked with her she shared an amazing tool in regards to okay if you bring in say ten thousand dollars a month you need to allocate twenty percent to this and thirty percent to that and forty percent to this x y and z what do you think are the key factors galita and bosses right now stabilizing their finances with their income in regards to their business? When it comes to that, they need to definitely allocate towards taxes. That is not something that is going to go away. <laughs> so you you need, I, I always tell people when they're starting out their business, you need to speak with an accountant. It doesn't have to be a CPA, it could be an accountant, but you need someone who not someone who does your taxes like someone who did your taxes when you were working nine to five they did taxes from january through april and after that they don't do taxes anymore 
you need to go to someone who can analyze your entire company from how are you registered with your secretary of state? How are you registered with the IRS when it comes to your taxes? Are you a corporation? Are you an S-Corp? Should you be an S-Corp? Should you be a corporation? Should you, should you be a partnership? What should you be? And how are you going to be taxed? Depending on the business that you do, your accountant should be able to tell you if you should change the way that you're registered and the way that you're going to be taxed. So it's very important for you to even start there. And after you speak with the accountant, some of them offer that service and some of them don't. They'll let you know how much you can allocate towards your, based on your projected revenue, how much you should allocate towards paying yourself. And paying yourself also will be determined based on the tax structure that you're in and it will determine how you pay yourself. Are you going to be paying yourself a W-2? Are you going to be transferring money from your checking account, from your business checking account into your personal account? And also, you don't want to commingle your personal account and your business account. You want to keep those two separate. Even if you're just a one-person business, you do not want to commingle any of the finances because when if you do get audited you are responsible for answering to the IRS why they're you're commingling funds so depending on how your your tax and how you're going to be taxed you should allocate funds towards your taxes towards your uh, towards to pay yourself to operating depending on what type of business you have if you have an a product-based business, you may have more money going towards inventory than someone who has coaching business. They may have more software type of um, expenses, overhead, than someone who has, you know, a product business. So those things you should allocate about maybe 20% of your business revenue. 25% may go towards you. Then you may allocate 20% towards your taxes. Um, 20% might be to reinvest in your business, whether you want to take a course, you want to do marketing. So those are the things that I would say you can, uh, when it comes to your business, to make sure that you are securing your business and your financials for your business in the right way. Last but not least, what are some general tips and pointers that you can give to the Daddy Bosses listening on ways that they can boss up through their financial literacy building phase with their businesses and personal life? Ooh, last but not least, so I have to go out with a bang on this one. <laughs> when it comes to your personal and your business, always, always, always make sure you're building your business credit. Make sure you're working on your personal credit. Even if you have, if you're building your business credit, if your personal credit is not the best, if you need a business loan, they're always going to be looking at your, they may not put the, the loan in your personal credit, but they're always going to be looking at your personal credit for the business. Always want to make sure that's on point. You always want to make sure that you are not commingling your funds. You're not mixing. It's kind of like not mixing business and pleasure. Mm -hmm. You don't want to mix your personal funds and your business funds together. That's a big no-no, and that can cause you with, you know, that can put you in big trouble with the IRS. You definitely do not want to do that. You want to find ways on how you can multiply. Once you have mastered one skill set in your in your bread and butter, find out multiple ways to add more streams to that one bread and butter. Like I gave the example earlier about the person who does hair. Maybe she holds a monthly session to teach other people on how to to operate 
how to braid the techniques that she uses a lot of times too i, I want to add that a lot of times too people think that if i do teach my techniques are they, they're going to steal my customers you are the sauce no one is going to steal your customers your customers are always going to come to you even if they drive an hour to come to you and someone stays five minutes away from them if they're loyal to you they're going to come to you so don't 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 think oh if i teach them what i know they're going to take my clients that's a scarcity mindset you don't want that your clients are yours it doesn't matter how many people are doing it you always they're always going to come to you and if you have um nothing if you do have your nine to five job and i want to stress that not everyone wants to have they're not, don't want to leave their nine to five and become full-time entrepreneur. And that's fine too. If you want to increase your salary, your boss is not, he's not doing it for you. They don't, they don't want to increase your salary. Quit and find another, well, before you quit, find another job. Give yourself an increase by finding another job that pays more. Nine times out of 10, you'll get a bigger increase by finding another job than you would at your current job. So if you feel like it's not working for you, inflation is going up, you want to increase your salary, your job is not going to increase it the way you want, find another job. And that's the way that you're going to increase your personal finances as well. Yes, loved all those (laughs) tips, ladies. I hope you had a pen and paper. Before you go, Galita, what's next for yourself and your brand? And where can I listen, listening, find you? How can they read the Financial Quenches blog? Give us everything before you go. Yes, of course. Um, I am on all social media platform at Galita G, G U E L I T A G E E. Um, Instagram, Facebook. Um, am I missing one? I'm mostly on Instagram. Um, you can find me at Galita G, and the blog is www.financialquench.com/blog. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Galita, for hopping on this episode. And thank you, ladies, so much for tuning in to yet another episode on The Woman Podcast. You ladies can listen in on this episode on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, any podcast on the platform there is we are on. Thank you, ladies, so much once again for tuning in. And you ladies will hear me next week.